Welcome to the weekly podcast from Faith Community Church in Janesville, Wisconsin. For more information about Faith Community, please visit our website at www.faithcommunitychurch.net or check us out on Facebook by searching Faith Community Church Janesville. You can also reach us by email at podcast at faithjanesville.org. You can be a part of this ministry and help advance the kingdom by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a five-star review. This helps us spread the word of God in the podcast world, allowing us to better reach more people in the name of Christ. Good morning to all of you that are here and online as well. However you're tuning us in, we're glad you're with us. We are going through the life and ministry of Jesus and working our way through the Sermon on the Mount together. It was about, see, 1987, we bought land in Janesville, not even knowing we were going to build a church, just thinking this would be a good place to own some land. Well, then it became, we're moving to Janesville, and so we wanted to build a house on the land we'd bought. And in 1991, we had, you know, the groundwork done, and, and they excavated, and they did the cement, and it was the day the carpenter was going to come out and bolt the plates and start framing, and we were all excited. And we get there, and the carpenter says to the concrete man, I can't build on this foundation. It's off. It's off. He says, what do you mean? He goes, it's an inch and a half off. It's not level. I can't build on this. He says, this has to come up. And of course, the builder was like, well, I've got thousands of dollars into this. I've got all kinds of man hours into this. I can't start over. And the carpenter reiterated, he said again, understand it's not level. I cannot build on this. And so it had to come out and it had to be redone and it had to be done right. Because the foundation is vital to the home. If the foundation's off, the home is off. Jesus used that illustration in the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to talk today about spiritual foundation principles found in Matthew chapter 7. So if you turn there, let's talk about that together, beginning with verse 24. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, and practice is the word I want to emphasize here, who hears these words of mine and acts on them, does them. The first principle is that practice is the evidence of belief. If you don't practice, if you don't act on something, do you truly believe it? I heard a true story about a church that was praying during a famine for rain, and they gathered together and interceded because it was getting dangerous. Rain had not come for months only one parishioner brought an umbrella. Think about that. One guy brings an umbrella because he's expecting God to answer the prayer and send the rain. James describes it this way in chapter 1 of his book. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. In other words, if you think that just listening is the key, it's important, but unless you act on it, it's been a waste of time. Do what it says. Anyone who, does, who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and after looking at themselves goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. This morning when you woke up 
and you looked in the mirror, how many of you said, I got work to do today? You looked at your hair and everything else, you go, boy, I got I to gotta do some work before I go out in public. You, I'm looking around. I can't see. Some of you at home probably don't look so great. The jammy crowd, and you know who you are. But I'm looking around. I'm telling you, the church looks good this morning. Those of you who have hair, it's combed. I can tell you paid attention to what was in the mirror. You did something about what was in the mirror. You said, oh, I, you know, and if you had, if you'd come to church the way you looked when you got up this morning, you'd get some looks, right? People would say, good morning. Good morning. Oh, my. Did you see so-and-so? They look like they just got out of bed, you know? We do something about it. And God's word says when you, when you look at the word, when you look at the words of Jesus and they reflect back to you, what are they reflecting back to you? They're reflecting back to you your soul. It says in verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I don't know about you, but I've never listened to the word of Jesus as his, and, re, and compare my life to what he said and reflect my soul and the condition of my life compared to what Jesus expects of me and not said to myself, I've got work to do. Right? We all, when his word reflects back to us our condition, we all say, I've got work to do. And so that's principle number one. It's not enough to hear. You have to act upon what you've heard. Let's read that verse again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And he's going to talk about another man who built his house in the sand. So the second principle is we decide what foundation to build our lives upon. Nobody decides that for you. You might be a minor here today listening, living with your, your parents or a guardian. You'll decide the foundation on which to build your lives. You'll decide it. Some people build their lives on the foundation of fear, sadly. And every decision they make is based upon fear. Instead of dealing with the what ifs, it's always the what is, it's the what ifs. What if this goes wrong? What if that happens? What if this bad thing happens? And, and that is how they make their decisions, based on fear. It's a fear-based, fear-driven life. Others based on the fact of will somebody accept me or not. They're, they live their lives on the basis of approval from others. Will this, will this make me more popular? Will this make me more accepted? Will this help me to belong? And so that becomes a driving force for others is materialism. If I, you know, every decision they make is based on, will this allow me to be richer, to accumulate more stuff? You can, you can build your life on any number of foundations, but they're all sand. Any philosophy, any man-made structure that you can think of, school of thought, is all sand. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 2. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy that depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than in Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head of every power and authority. So Paul encourages you as you build the foundation of your life, as you build your life, build it on the right foundation. In Christ, you have what you need to build your life. Third principle, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall 
because it had its foundation on the rock. I would love to say to you that Jesus said these words, if you build your life on my words, there will never be storms, there will never be hardships, there will never be struggles, but he didn't say that, did he? He said just the opposite. Tests come regardless of the foundation on which you build your life. It's truth, isn't it? Just like the nature of the world we live in is for storms to happen. If a storm comes in March, we should not be sure. We want winter to be done, but if we get a winter storm in March, it's winter, right? If you live by the ocean, there's a hurricane. That's where you live. If you live in Tornado Alley, and there's a tornado. If you live in San Francisco, and there's an earthquake. This is where we live. We live in this world where there are natural disasters. And the same thing is true in spiritual realm. We are going to encounter hardship and pain and suffering in this life. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, man has fallen. God pronounces judgment. And he says, cursed is the ground because of you. And through painful toil, painful to remember that word pain, you will eat from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. You will eat the plants of the field, and by the sweat of your brow you will eat food until you return to the ground. For since you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. So Genesis tells us that now there will be pain in this world. Women will give birth in pain, right? You know the story of the fall. And we said the Hebrew word for pain, do you remember what that is? Eats a bone. Eats a bone. Remember the memory device? You go to a restaurant, Italian restaurant, and there's something in your soup, and you say, waiter, there's something in my soup, and the waiter digs and he says, eats a bone. It's a bad joke, but it's a really good memory device, Okay. We talked about getting bumper stickers for our cars that say, eats a bone happens. <laughs> what eats a bone is, is God says there will be pain in this world. That's the expectation. That's why Jesus says in John 16, in this world you will have trouble, persecution, hardship, pain. But fear not, I've overcome the world. Heavyweight champion, ex-heavyweight champion Mike Tyson says this, Everybody's got to, I never dreamed in a thousand years I'd be quoting Mike Tyson on a Sunday morning. But he says, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the nose. Okay? So, you know, you might be a very positive person. You might have a great plan for your life. But understand this, life is going to punch you in the nose. And it's going to punch you hard. And sometimes it's going to blindside you. You won't even know it's coming. How many times in ministry have I sat in front of a couple who loved each other enough to walk down the aisle and get married, and now it's become a disaster where they don't even recognize one another anymore, and they can't stand to be in the same room together? Or parents who love the Lord, they're good parents. They love their children, and somewhere along the line, the children rebel against their parents and God. The parents sit across from you going, what did I do wrong? How did we get here? How did this happen to me? Or maybe you're the picture of health and you exercise every day and you eat right and yet you go to the doctor and the doctor says there's something seriously wrong with you and you're in trouble. Life is going to come at you. You know, you might think your job is, is a great job. It's, you've got great benefits and it pays well and then the company gets sold tomorrow. 
And guess what? They're shipping your jobs overseas. I could go on and on and on, but you and I all know that that is what life does. And so just because we've built on the rock doesn't mean storms won't come. What Jesus says is that storms will come, the waters will rise, the winds will blow, but the house will stand. That's the promise. The house will stand because he has built it on the rock, on my words. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine, it does not put them into practice, chooses to build on another foundation. It's like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. We can identify with that, right? Perhaps there's been times in our lives when we've crashed, or we've known somebody that we love whose lives have crashed. And the fourth foundational principle is that time exposes everybody's foundation. Time and life and what it brings will expose the foundation of every single one of us. When I was uh, in Rockford, my pastor was a man named Don Lyon, my boss. And he told a story about being on a trip. And he and his wife were coming home on a plane, and they met a couple of Christian ladies who'd been to a conference. And he says, talking to those two, you would have think they were the two greatest saints on the face of the earth. God this, Jesus that, their faith did this, and this miracle happened, and, and their trust in God, and they knew all the God talk. They knew all the jargon. They said all the right words. And he was thinking to myself, I'm very privileged to be with these two giants of the faith on this plane. And he explained that he was a pastor, and this is his wife, and they're heading back home. During the ride home, there was turbulence. You've been in an airplane where there's turbulence beyond normal turbulence? It's unsettling, right? So they got turbulence in the plane, but it was bad turbulence. It wasn't the normal turbulence. It was bad where, you know, buckle your seatbelt and, you know, hey, this is a scary ride. He said these two giants in the faith start screaming like little girls. We're going to die. We're going to die. Oh, we're going to die. Ah! You know, and he said, my wife and I, we just sat there quietly we prayed for the pilot and the co-pilot. We prayed for the plane. We prayed for the passengers and ourselves. But it was kind of hard because these two are just screaming and crying and wailing. And, you know. and he's thinking to himself, hey, where went that faith? Where'd it go? And then he said this. He says, bump a cup and what's inside is what's going to come out. And went, ooh, I'll remember that the rest of my life. You bump something and what is inside is what comes out. And Jesus says in this passage, your foundation is exposed. When life hits you in the nose or when life, when you crash, what happens? Right? That's an important principle. Second, a fifth principle is a house can only be as strong as the foundation in which it is built. That's why we go back to that story of when I was building my home. It didn't matter how good the wood was. That I, if we were going to put in the house, we could have put the finest wood in the house. We didn't, but we could have. It wouldn't have mattered if we had marble floors. It wouldn't have mattered if we had granite countertops. If the foundation was bad, the house is going to be bad. Because the foundation is key. Put a lot of money, buy the best supplies you can find, but if your foundation is bad, 
The house is in jeopardy. You've got to get the foundation right. So then, as you're listening to this, I know for a fact, some of you are thinking this question, what if my house has already crashed? What if I've already built on a foundation that was bad, on sand, and life and its storms have run against me and my house has crashed? That leads me to principle number six, which is my favorite one of all. And it goes like this, that the carpenter from Nazareth is still rebuilds fallen houses on the foundation of his truth today. Today. Jesus is still an active builder today. But he doesn't build on the shoddy foundation. He doesn't build on the sand foundation. He builds upon the truth of who he is. He is the rock. He is the foundation we build on. And we are going to be one more week in the Sermon on the Mount next week. Ask, seek, knock. And then we're moving on to to listen to the stories of Jesus' miracles and teachings. And you're going to see life after life after life after life that was broken and rebuilt by Jesus. We're going to run into it again and again. And here's the good news. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The carpenter is still building. He is rebuilding lives on the foundation of the truth. One of the things we like to do as a church is we like to reach out to our community. So we're active in missions, and we're active locally as well. Faith in Action team almost every month is engaged in our community in some way. Some are more hands-off where we give, like the like the the thing we just did for the helpline, and other times we're more hands-on, like at the Angel Tree, for example, where we're hands-on, you know, face-to-face and, and loving on people. And we do that because we want people to experience Jesus. We want people to know we're doing this for you because we love you and we love you because we love God. And so uh, today I want to share a story with you. And Rachel, I didn't tell you that we were going to do this today. So I hope you'll stick around. I hope this won't embarrass you. But so far, you, your story has blessed so many this weekend. In 8.30 this morning, Saturday night, online. And so I want you to listen to Rachel's story. My name is Rachel Bellinger. I'm 37 years old. Growing up um, in a single-parent household wasn't always easy. My, my older brothers were in and out of um, jail, um, juvenile detention, and eventually prison. Um, that affected me a lot because I was a very good student, but I got you know, neglected. I got kind of pushed at the wayside. were put into Christian schools, so I knew Jesus early on. Um, I had a relationship with Jesus, and I wanted to be baptized, but nobody was there to encourage that. Once I got out of high school, I was pregnant and had my first child. I was searching for that love that I'd found originally with, with the Lord and that relationship. And then ultimately I searched for that identity in drugs and alcohol as well when I couldn't find that in other things 
and I um, had a lifelong addiction to opiates and I went on to get married and have more children and I just kept struggling. I just kept falling on my face and just kept trying. I'd find different churches and try to maybe find the perfection in that, but I just didn't know how to build that relationship with Christ and how to find that identity with Christ. Life just kept getting harder and harder and I ended up in a really abusive relationship. And in that abusive relationship, I was, um, I mean, I was a sitting duck. I had four children. I was a single mom. Um, and I had such a giving, helping nature. Um, this man um, used religion or my spirituality against me. And I was very much traumatized. And I ended up um, with a very strong heroin addiction, a prison sentence. <laughs> And I found myself in a jail cell with nothing, with my children were all in foster care, all five of my babies, and that was my identity. That was my life. They said I was going to prison. 36 years I was facing. And I said, God, why, why am I still alive? Why would you want me? this awful person, I've done awful things. I thought I had to be perfect and then, then be worthy to be right with the Lord. And I just got down on my knees and I gave it all to him. I'm done pretending, I can't do this anymore. I'm yours, I said I do not want to leave this jail. I don't want to leave these walls. I don't want to be on this earth if I'm not living for you. And that was the first step of surrender. I was actually baptized while I was in prison and miracles upon miracle upon miracle. And I fell in love with him and I allowed myself to see myself through his eyes. clean and sober. Um, I walked out of the prison on April 13th, 2020 with nothing, absolutely nothing. Now I have all of my children um, back, CPS case closed. I have a home, I have a vehicle, I have my license, and in fact I just got hired at CPS. <laughs> I found the church Faith Community Church who actually did um, Angel Tree and bought presents for my children while I was incarcerated. Um, gave me a home and my children are home. I'm in Bible studies and do yoga and continue to find myself in Christ. So once I realized that um, I love myself the same way that Christ loves me, I there's nothing that's going to stop me. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing your story with us. 
What a blessing. What an amazing 36 year sentence. And here you are. You know, and the thing of it is that her story, as wonderful as it is, is not unique. There are Rachels all over the country. There are Rachels all over the world because Jesus is everywhere. I think what I noticed about your story was that, and you nailed it, was that defining moment when you surrendered. And it wasn't, your prayer wasn't, Jesus, get me out of prison. That wasn't it. Your prayer wasn't, Jesus, get my children back. It's not, it's not that those prayers are wrong, but that wasn't your prayer. Your prayer was, I don't want to leave this cell without you. Foundation laid right there. God can build on that. And God began to restore her life, working for CPS, <laughs> coming to a church that reached out to her in love through Angel Tree and rebuilding her life. Just took GPS, I think. And God will do that for anybody. So I just want to encourage you who are here, encourage you who are online. Maybe you identified when we said, and the house fell with a great crash. You're listening to the right message this morning. You're in the right place today. But I want to pray for you, and I want to lead you in prayer. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we're so grateful that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the weeks ahead, we're going to watch as our Lord journeys all through Israel all through that area, and he's going to encounter people whose lives are broken, who built on foundations of sand and their house crashed. And we're going to watch him restore them. And we're so grateful today, Jesus, that you still restore and can restore even now. And I pray that you would pray this prayer with me. If you identify with what we have said, Pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come in Jesus' name. Life has hit me and hit me hard. The winds have blown. The waters have risen. The rain has poured. And my house has fell with a great crash. And I come to you today in faith. I repent of my sin. I put my faith and trust in you, Jesus, and I only want you. I want to build my life on your words, your truth. I want you to be my Lord. I want to live for you. Regardless of what happens, regardless of the storms that come my way, regardless of the punches the world throws at me, my determination is to live for you. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Make me new. Make me a new creation from the inside out. I want to build my life on the foundation of truth. In Jesus' name. And Father, if they have prayed that prayer, assure them as they seek now to build on this new foundation that you are with them, that your Holy Spirit will dwell within them to strengthen them and guide them comfort them that they are not alone. But they can learn there is the body of Christ. There are brothers and sisters who share 
their faith, who come alongside of them and help them. Lord, I pray today that today has been the day of renewal for many, many people. Thank you for Rachel's testimony. Thank you for outreach of Angel Tree and other outreaches that enable us to touch these lives and bring them to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you made that decision to follow Christ, please let us know. We have materials we'd love to give you. We want to come alongside of you and help you in that walk. If you're here today, next week, Matthew chapter 7 is where we will be. Okay, so read that, Ask, Seek, and Knock, last one in the Sermon on the Mount. I want to talk about the offering as well. And if you are online, you hit the drop arrow. There'll be the general fund, phase five. In person, there are receptacles around the sanctuary. And then the white ones are for phase five, which we just relaunched. Because of your giving, we're able to add an office staff member when we need one. Because of your giving, we're able to send Sally Thompson on the mission field. We're able to send Jenna Miller on the mission field in Japan. So thank you for your faithfulness, your obedience as you give. And let's stand together. We're going to sing. And at the close of the service today, we're going to, as always, call for prayer. If you need somebody to stand in agreement with you, uh, Pastor Gary is here. He promises a blooper-free prayer. He's going to get it right the first time. And uh, we welcome you. Dr. John is here. Let us meet with you up front and help lift those burdens for you. All right? Let's sing. Thanks for tuning in to the Faith Community Church Podcast. We are glad that you joined us and hope that you were blessed by the message. If you would like to join us in the ministry of sharing the Word of God, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review. This helps us build the analytics of the channel, allowing us to better reach people in the name of Christ. Go be the light in your family, your community, and your church. God bless you.